Welcome to WKJP News Radio, the podcast that ostensibly talks about the 90s sitcom News Radio, but may in fact be documenting the slow dissolution of a marriage. I am your host, Jordan, here with my long-suffering wife... Kayleen. That was my suffering voice. That was... You sounded like you were suffering. Today we'll be talking about Season 2, Episode 2, entitled Goofy Ball. (laughs) Kayleen, I'd like to ask at the top, how are you doing? It's our son's birthday this week. I'm occupied. Yeah, we've got a lot on our minds. <laughs> Children's birthdays are their thing. Well, we kind of have to make up for last year when we didn't really do anything. Right. <laughs> he had a Zoom birthday with Grandma and Grandpa. Right. So, yeah. No, I'm good. Okay. I'm okay. Great. You ready to record? We're doing it. I love recording. I know you I'm do. so excited to I spend know. time with my beautiful wife. Wearing her pajamas. My favorite pajamas. Look, I'm just happy you're comfortable. (laughs) All right, so Kayleen, what have you been watching lately? Uh, We finished Squid Game. Mm -hmm. No spoilers, but I did not care for the ending. I felt like I peaked in episode two, maybe three, and then it was a slow, steady decline from there, unfortunately. But I... I still really enjoyed it. It was fun to have a show to watch together. Yeah, it was fine. I I told you at some point, like, I am I think I have to check out. It was too violent. It was too, yeah. like, it was just too much for me. So I kind of half watched it while playing games. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't do anything I didn't expect it to do. It did at first. It did at first. Like, uh-huh. the first few episodes, I was like, oh, I didn't think that was going to happen. Oh, I didn't think that was going to happen. That's interesting. And then... Yeah, I just, it got too complicated, too odd. I don't, I don't even know. I just checked out, I watched it all, but I checked out kind of at some point too. Yeah, I felt like it just followed the trajectory I expected and it didn't do any more zigzags in the second half. Oh well. Anything else? Um, still watching Shark Tank. A new episode each week. Still watching British Baking Show, a new episode each week. It's just a nice thing to look forward to when you have, like, a current season of a show. You're like, oh, Friday nights is my baking show night. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. It's kind of funny how that has come around, that um, it used to be they would drop a whole season yeah. at once in the, like, early yeah. streaming era, and now they've realized, oh, no, it's better if we keep people on the hook yeah and make them watch well yeah because otherwise you would just binge the whole thing in one weekend and then you would promptly forget it yep so mm-hmm. brace yourself oh the new season of the bachelorette started this week oh my god i haven't watched the new episode yet but i was informed by a good friend because she asked me if i'd watched it yet and i didn't realize it had started so actually like the first episode and then maybe the last two or three those are the ones that are yeah. interesting right like, those are the ones worth watching. Mm. I mean, the first episode is, like, it's just people getting out of a car mm-hmm. and watching a bunch of, watching 30 awkward meetings and people trying to impress the bachelor or the bachelorette. But it's the TV romance equivalent of seeing all the really bad people get kicked off of American Idol, right? Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> the auditions. I, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it's super formulaic, and the reality is everybody is there because they are curious and they kind of maybe are interested in having a little bit of fame and increasing their Instagram followers and for the clout. They want the clout. <laughs> Keeling taught as, me that phrase. <laughs> yep, as the kids say these days. Yep. 
yeah, that's it. I guess I haven't been watching much lately. I feel like we're on a more strict recording schedule right now and watching yeah. news radio. I'm trying to watch every episode at least twice before we record. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. October's a busy month for us, too. I know. Well, the stretch from September to January is just... (laughs) Hold on to your hat. Yeah. That's all. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me, too. Um, We watched Squid Game. Um, I have been watching the Halloween episodes of Superstore. Mm -hmm. Keelan has sort of been half-watching that with me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they do some really good Halloween episodes. That's a good show. It is I, just a good show. and When I rewatch it, I like it even more the second time I watch Superstore. Mm-hmm. I love how many ongoing jokes they have in that show. Like, mm-hmm. just the fact that in one season, the Halloween episode, one of the subplots is Garrett can't get the uh, Halloween song out of his mind, the Halloween surfboard novelty right. song, and then... That's on in the background in a later season's Halloween episode. Just little things like that, or the fact that Dina wears the same Halloween costume every single year. She says that Halloween costumes are like bathing suits. You just wear them till they're threads. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been watching that. I have been watching our oldest play, Stardew Valley, which is like, I mean, to me... The idea of watching somebody play a video game is about as mind-numbing as you can get. But I gave... Or I introduced our oldest to Stardew Valley because I was like, I want to, I know what I do with this game. Like, I've played this game a fair bit. I want to see what a seven-year-old brain comes up with in this game. And it it has been really interesting to watch what he does Mm. because his priorities are so different than mine. Like, mine are so, like, okay, how do I, you know accomplish the tasks laid out in this game with maximal efficiency and i do this to get this and then i do this to get this and then i have both of these and i can get this and then i level up in this way and that lets me do this other thing and he's just like i'm gonna wander around who's that guy i'm gonna go talk to him oh who's she i'm gonna go give her a flower (laughs) it's just really cute yeah and he he's way more interested in talking to the npcs than I ever am. Like, I'm sort of like, ah, okay, whatever. They're just, like, people around. Like, I do not care about them. And he's, like, really interested, and he goes into their houses and, like, pokes around and, like, what are you guys doing? Well, our son is also a social person. Mm -hmm. Like, he loves to meet new people and likes to say hello to strangers. And so maybe that tracks for him. The only other thing I want to say is I uh, ordered and then forgot I ordered... (laughs) the complete series of Battlestar Galactica. So that showed up on our porch today. <laughs> so <laughs> I used to be able to blame this on getting drunk, but I, I don't No, uh, No, not anymore. No, so you just I, got an idea in your head. I got an idea, ordered it, forgot about it. And then now here it is. Actually, I went online because I was like, I am going to rewatch the Sopranos this winter. That's going to be my thing. Like oh. I'm going to rewatch that. I, we watched that yeah. five years ago oh, or something yeah. together. More than that. I feel like even. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to buy that box set because like we don't have mm-hmm. HBO streaming. And then it's kind of funny. Cause it probably cost less to just buy HBO streaming for a few. Sh- okay. <laughs> No, you're totally right. Right, yeah. and like then we wouldn't have to. Okay. No, you're right. <laughs> I didn't think about that till now. I think it's nice to have these things on physical media because if they took it off of streaming, or if the streaming got interrupted, then you get don't yeah. you don't have any access to it. You're not wrong. So anyway, The Sopranos was a lot more expensive than I thought, and there was a huge sale on Battlestar Galactica, so I bought that <laughs> instead. <laughs> 
I'll watch it with you. I remember yeah. we tried to watch it, and I feel like I just I don't know what I don't remember why it didn't take, but we didn't get very far. Hmm, that's fine. So maybe we'll do that. Hmm. All right, that's pretty much it. Should we get into the episode? Let's do it. Okay. So this is season two, episode two, called Goofy Ball. This aired Tuesday, September 26th, 1995. So that is two weeks after the last one. It was written by Paul Sims and directed by Alan Meyerson. The only new thing in culture this week, and I know you're going to have something to say about this, Kayleen. We have a new number one movie at the box office. Mighty Ducks. (laughs) Mrs. Doubtfire. No, no. (laughs) This is the only movies I care about. (laughs) I don't even know when those movies came out. Yeah, like two or three years earlier. Oh. Yeah. Um, Mighty Ducks 2? Okay, what's the opposite of Mighty Ducks? Home Alone. What movie is the opposite of Mighty Ducks? Well, the opposite of Mighty <laughs> is weak. And the opposite of a duck... Go on. Gopher? The weak gopher. I would have said fox. Huh. Weak fox? No. So, like... The, uh, <laughs> the opposite of the Mighty Ducks, I think, is the movie Seven. Oh, that's such a good movie. I should rewatch that. I haven't watched it in years. It's it's a rough watch. Like, it is not a, for the faint of heart, as I remember. I mean... You're not a sensitive person in that way. Like, that stuff doesn't get under your skin. Well, I remember it getting under my skin the first time I saw it. No, it did the first time I saw it when I was, like, I don't know, teen, probably. Sure. Teenager. No, it felt very grown up and very, like, this is a serious movie, yeah. like serious, scary movie, like scary in a not even jump out and boo type of way, but like a real life scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen it a couple times since. I wouldn't say that I'm not sensitive. I, the medication helps. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true for me as well. Antidepressants are amazing. <laughs> yes. Thank you, science. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have that much more to say about it. I just remember you liking that movie. Oh, I love that movie. Hmm. I love that movie. When I was, I took a theater class in high school and I remember we had to like do like, it wasn't like reenacting scenes or anything like that from movies, but we were supposed to like find clips or dialogue or scripts or whatever that we wanted to like analyze or do things with. And I remember one of my good friends, James, Hmm. He and I were in the same class, and we did a scene together uh, when they're driving out to the desert, mm. and Kevin Spacey's in the back of the car, and mm. like Brad Pitt's in the front seat. And I remember James wanting to do that dialogue because that like there's like a really good monologue actually. I think that he wanted to do there. Hmm. Well, now I'm curious. Yeah. What the about the monologue? Yeah. 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 I'm trying to remember. Exactly. I, it's a really nice... Mo- I mean, it's creepy and dark, and Kevin Spacey is brilliant and delivers it very well. And I can't remember exactly what the what it is, but I think that's the one that James did something with for our class. Hmm. Well, James, if you're listening, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see if he remembers. I should ask if he remembers that, actually. All right. So the synopsis of Goofy Ball. Oh, God. Taking a hard left turn. Back to Goofy Ball. (laughs) Maybe Seven is the opposite of Goofy Ball. Maybe. Maybe Goofy Ball is the opposite of Seven. (laughs) 
Alright, the synopsis from Wikipedia. Mr. James introduces the staff to Goofy Ball, an annoying toy made by one of his companies. Dave and Lisa consider revealing their relationship. Bill has a stalker and buys a taser, which has been built by Joe. So we open on the conference room table. There's a Goofy Ball on the table. It's making a really annoying noise. Do you want to make the noise? Uh, uh. Something like that? Guh. Guh. All right. No, it's, the, you know what the first thing I wrote down? Yeah. what's that? The ball is not funny. <laughs> no, it's not. It's so obnoxious. It's very obnoxious, but it's, it's kind of supposed to be, right? I guess, but like, I don't want to play with an obnoxious thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Well, kids' toys are obnoxious. But that, that is like a different level of obnoxious. I mean, we have a lot of toys in our house that no. like, are... As obnoxious as the Goofy Ball. I disagree, but that's okay. The, all the beepy-boopy baby toys that sing the same song over but and over. we don't have hardly any of those anymore. Oh, uh, yes we do. Okay. <laughs> we just don't. I think they get put away. Okay. Yeah. So Dave comes out and is like, what is this thing? And they're like, I don't know, we just found it. But it turns out they're covering for Mr. James. One of Mr. James's companies makes Goofy Ball. And so he wants them to kind of toss it around and... Uh, test it out, see how long it takes him to get bored. So yeah, the Goofy Ball is saying g g g, and then when, after a while, it goes Goofy Ball and plays a little noise. Do you know who the voice of the Goofy Ball is? No. <laughs> Isn't that a weird question? Yeah. It's Judd Apatow. Oh. Now I I wish I had dug in more to figure out why that is. He's definitely credited on Wikipedia. Oh. I wonder if he was in the writers' room or writers' sure. room adjacent or something. He does have kind of a funny voice. I don't know. Hmm. So anyway. Yeah, I just like it didn't seem like a toy actually for children. I don't know. But yeah, or like just the premise of this toy is like a hot potato. I don't but know. Much more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I kinda of remember like a bop it, but it doesn't do any of the cool <laughs> things a bop it does. Right. Matthew has a funny line where he says So can you make it say other things? It's a goofy ball, Matthew, not a supercomputer. <laughs> that made me laugh, I think. Uh, each of the three times I watched that show is that line. Mr. James' disdain for Matthew makes me laugh. Um, yeah, you really like Matthew being made fun of. <laughs> I guess I do. You do. Like, you like seeing Matthew kind of being the butt of a joke. Huh. Okay, that's an interesting observation. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what he's there for, right? Eh. Okay. Anyway, so they start throwing it around. I Again, Matthew throws it to Mr. James, and Mr. James does not catch it. He says, Matthew! Yes, sir. Do I look like the kind of guy who would enjoy a good game of Goofy Ball? No, no. That made me laugh. Okay, it didn't make you laugh. That's no. Uh, one thing I liked is that Beth seems genuinely delighted by the Goofy Ball. Like, when yeah. she catches it yeah. and, like, it makes the noise, she just seems to actually genuinely be having a good time. Maybe yeah. she's just a really good actress in that way, or maybe she's actually having fun on set. I'm yeah. not sure. No, I mean, I guess that's true. That, like, I, I do buy that, like, Beth and Matthew are, like... They're both childlike in some ways, so it makes sense that the two of them would be, would revert to children playing with this thing. Right. Lisa comes into Dave's office. She happens to be wearing one of his shirts. He offers to give her a different one, but then he has like five blue dress shirts. It's not a very funny joke. Well, and the whole scene like did not make any sense to me because she asks if he has a different shirt. I'm like, why would you switch wearing his shirt for wearing another one of his shirts? Yeah. And like... I guess he was also wearing a blue dress shirt that day. I guess so. But even that, like, 
I don't know, in the, in the 90s, didn't women wear men's clothing sometimes? Like, wasn't that kind of a thing, like, wearing a man's dress shirt and, like, tying it up? I don't know. Apparently it was, because that's how she came to work. Right. She so didn't like, realize it was right. his. And there was nothing obvious that made it look like it's his, so I don't... I just... I, that whole bit, I just didn't understand. Yeah. Lisa's very worried that uh, people are going to notice, and Dave says, I don't think people are scrutinizing us as much as you think. And she says... That's what the Rosenbergs thought. Oh my god, that whole like Rosenbergs <laughs> thing. There were just so many things in this episode that I was like, this is trying to be funny, and I just was not having it. Yeah, for some reason the Rosenbergs joke was memorable to me. Like once she said that, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that joke. But I guess it's not that funny. Yeah, no. Okay. So we get the credits. Um, in the next scene, Catherine comes in. She's talking to Dave. She lets him know that Bill thinks somebody is trying to kill him. There's a guy out in front of the building with an eye patch. Um, so this is the first glimpse we see of Bill being paranoid. Paranoia comes to be one of the uh, one of the hallmarks of Bill's personality. What did you think of this subplot? Um, I thought it was fine. I just like because we didn't see any of the buildup or any like him actually being fearful. Like, he just describes, like, oh, there's a guy down there, and I don't... I like the idea that he had an eye patch. I liked that. That was, like, made him the creepy guy interesting or memorable or whatever. Yeah. But the way he's just, like, slinking around the whole episode and, like, nervous or, like, like needs it feels like he needs a stun gun, I guess. I was just, like, I don't... Are you really afraid of something? Yeah. I don't know. No, it felt like... Like, what are you actually afraid of? Right. No, definitely. It felt like we could have seen... We could have had a scene early on where, like, he's trying to walk into the building and the guy's standing there in a, like, semi-ominous way and they kind of, like, eyeball each other and then right. Bill, like, yes. ducks through the lobby and gets onto the elevator or yes. something. Like, that would yes. have made so much of a difference yes. in making us think that maybe there's something here, maybe it's just in Bill's head, but, like, right. there is a real person in the world. Yeah, or, like, if that guy had kept, like, showing up, like, walking through the lobby or something, and he's like, there he is, like, ah, like, you know. Yeah, it absolutely. It gave us something to be like, okay, he's actually afraid, but. It, it, or even have him look out the window, look down, have the guy standing right. in the corner and then look up. Well, that's why, like, they didn't have any, in, they never have interesting shots like that. Like, no. it's always just, like, four different angles in the, <laughs> no. in the radio station. Well, it's more like a play, like you said right. very early on in that way. Right. That, like, they don't really do shots like that. So Joe comes into Dave's office, makes him come to the elevators. There are fashion models in the elevator. Apparently they're just in the elevator oh all God. day. Because every time they press the button, those three yes. women are in the elevator. Are we supposed to believe that, like, the elevator is just continually going up and down and it just always stops, yeah. like, on their floor or yep. something? Because in an upcoming <laughs> scene, like, the, uh, the models are in the elevator and then the doors close, and some people say some lines. And then the next time the doors open, the models are still in the elevator, yes. but then Lisa comes out. And at first I was like, was Lisa in that elevator the whole time? I don't like, I don't know. It doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. No. And they even try to, like, hang a lampshade on it by saying, like, oh, we didn't know what this button would do. Like, we pressed the button. Oh, it's hooked up to the elevator. Oh, wow. Yeah. It like doesn't quite work. I didn't notice that the way the models were dressed, I was like, oh, they look very fashionable in 2021. Oh, do they? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like the high-waisted jeans and the crop tops and, like, very much, yeah. Nice. I think, I thought they looked very 90s 
but that's, that's the same the thing. The 90s are back. <laughs> right. 100% go shopping. You can't find the lower half of any shirt right now. It's all crop tops. I mean, I guess you spend all day around teenagers, so you know this stuff better than I, I do. do. I do. I see a lot of bellies. <laughs> that way. So Joe is trying to get Dave some action, um, and the models actually seem to like Dave. They're, like, very interested in oh him. Oh, my God, no. If you had to pick between Dave and... Oh, my God, what is his name? Joe Rogan. Joe? Joe. Joe is way more attractive than Dave. I mean, I don't even find either of them that attractive, but, like, I think if you asked any average woman, those two guys stacked up next to each other, like, most women would pick Joe. Yeah. Not sad eyes. Yeah. No, Joe calls that out a little bit later because, like, he says, yeah, one of them called you sexy, and that's obviously not true, so... Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> no. No. I guess Joe looks kind of... I, I found him very creepy in this episode. Like, I had my sort oh. of, like, association of him, like, kind of sinister being reinforced in this episode. He just, like, hmm. he makes me nervous, like, the way he, like, giggles. Like, he's describing how the, like, stun gun works later to Bill, and he's, like, oh, giggling about it, and I'm like, yeah, temporary paralysis lasting 30 minutes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Right. <laughs> anyway, so Lisa's on the elevator with them. She kind of slinks out. She catches them asking what Dave's name is. He says Dave, actually. Um, so later they're talking about this in the break room, and she kind of teases him a little bit. Dave, actually. Yeah, She's... why is she so insecure? So, like, I was thinking, I was. I think she's jealous here, but I don't feel like it's. I feel like she's more in control of her insecurity in this situation than she was in the last one. Like, she's teasing him and she's like joking about how like they seem to like him, but she doesn't seem genuinely threatened the way she did in the previous episode. What do you think? I just like I was listening to our previous podcast and I was like, oh, I was talking about Lisa's insecurity in that one, too, about like the naked pictures. And now it's like, here she is again. Like, I think I I just don't understand their relationship. Like how 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 invested is Lisa in this relationship? Like, does she really love Dave? Is that her boyfriend? I just like and then but they can't tell anyone they're dating. So I just don't understand. Like. If you're invested in the relationship and you really, like, care, then you want to grow the relationship. You want to, like... I guess they haven't been dating that long. Yeah. But, like, at a certain point, like, you want people to know about it or whatever. And, like, she's the one who's very, like, doesn't want anyone to know about the relationship. Right? And, again, I understand why because, like, it's her boss and whatever. Um, But then I'm also, like, okay, on the other side, if she's just, like, having fun... Yeah then why does she care about a model? Like, is she insecure about, like, I don't know. Yeah. So I have a, I have a little bit of a theory about that later on that we can talk about. The um, the issue of whether or not she, whether or not she's the one who wants to tell other people about their relationship. So we can sure. talk about that a little bit later on. One of the things I like about Lisa Miller as a character is that she is this really interesting mix of insecurity And that just kind of like, I think that continues for the rest of the series, but also hyper competence and in some ways like extreme confidence. Like there are times when she's like, yes, I'm very good at my job and I can step up and I can do this. And I'm like the best in the office at this. So yeah, make me do it. You know why you like her? Why? Because she's like you. So insecure, but hyper confident. I would say that you are definitely somebody who has insecurity, but you're also like very confident in certain areas and like what you know and what you're capable of. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I that's think, why I find, I it. think you like Lisa cause she is like a mirror. Oh, that could be. 
Yeah. I always saw myself as more of a Matthew. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always saw myself as more of a Dave. Really? I don't know. No. I just could see little. I can see little pieces of myself in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, those three in particular are the ones that stick out to me. Mm. So. So they have a conversation about uh, whether or not they can tell people that they're dating. Um, they have a joke about uh, look what people think about Yoko Ono. That comes back later as well. This is the point in the 90s when it was totally okay to make fun of Yoko Ono just being the punchline as someone right. who broke I know, up like, the Beatles. I remember when that was just, yeah, the punchline. All right. So a little bit later, the models recognize Bill when Joe lures him to the elevator, but he has no time for them whatsoever. Bill is trying to get a stun gun from Joe. That's it. Joe is the sort of the guy who can procure things, and Bill comes to him to get a stun gun. I thought that was their their exchange about wanting a gun. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Yeah. I understand you're a man who can procure certain materials. Need a gun? Of course not. Why? Can you get me one? Of course not. Why, you want one? Also, Bill is good at goofy ball. Yeah. I just think that's kind of a funny little recurring joke that, like, he does not care about the goofy ball whatsoever. Right. But he never seems to have it when it goes off. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, he's the dad. Oh. And yeah. then the two are the kids. Yes. And they're like, play with us. And he's like, no. <laughs> I was going to say it's like a cat. You know how, like, cats go to people who don't like them? Oh, yeah. Like, someone who doesn't care about goofy ball is actually the one who's good at goofy ball. Maybe that doesn't work as an analogy. I'm not sure. I think he's the dad. And Beth and Matthew are the kids. Okay. You don't think Mr. James is the dad? No. No, Mr. James is like the older cousin or something, because he's the one who gives them the goofy ball. He's the grandpa. Oh, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah, he's the grandpa. So that makes Mr. James Bill's dad. Sure. (laughs) Got it. Uh, The models ask Lisa where Dave is. Uh, He was in the bathroom. Uh, I do like the kind of like dip she does when she's like, But if you'd like, you could, um, just, um, leave. <laughs> Wait, there he is. Hi, Dave! Hi. Hi. I was just, uh, I was just, uh... Urinating? Uh, washing my hands, actually. <laughs> well, thank you. So one thing that I like about this episode is that this is a really good episode for facial expressions from Lisa. Mm. She just has a lot of good, like, physicality and a lot of, like, eye rolls and, like, big, like, sarcastic looks at Dave, like, a lot of side eye or sort of, like, physical comedy. Huh. I think you just like Lisa a lot more than I do. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just don't find her nearly as, like, interesting or compelling. But again, you, you have the advantage of knowing everything about her and all I... I have a much more limited view of her as a character right now. Sure. That's fair. All right. In the next scene, Joe is trying to get Dave hooked up with the Australian model in the green sweater. Her name is Sheila. Which I is thought that funny. was kind of funny that the Australian model is named Sheila. Yeah, I can't tell whether that's funny or whether that's like, okay, that was clearly a first draft name. You know, like, Sure. <laughs> uh, what's her name? Uh, she's Australian, right? Uh, Sheila. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure that one out later. I did like the bit where Joe was trying to get Dave to go on this date, and he can't, but he doesn't want to say why he can't. Um, and so Joe and Bill kind of grill him about that. 
Thanks, Joe, but still, I don't think it's a very good idea. What's the deal, man? Fear? No. Impotence? No. Gay? No. You do realize by gay, I mean a man who has sex with other men? Give it a chance, Dave. It's not like you're going to do any better. That was my first lol. Yeah, you liked good. that one. Well, I liked the the gay didn't make me laugh. It was the, and by gay, I mean a man who has sex with other men. <laughs> Like the idea that he has to explain it. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was that was pretty funny. It is a little bit weird that like everyone in the office is trying to get Dave to go out with the model. And you know what I just realized? None of them treat him like a boss. Yeah. I would never try to set up my boss, I guess. But maybe I just don't have that relationship with any boss I've ever had before. I, di- I did think that was an interesting conflict, though. That was like, well... You don't want to tell anyone about us, so I guess I'm going on a date with someone. Yeah. But then I was kind of like, then Dave should be like, I'm going on the date, and like, mm-hmm. I am going to go on this date because, yeah, you know. Yeah, it seems like it should be win-win, because if he goes on the date, then Lisa will be mad at him, and we know that he oh likes it when Lisa's mad oh at him, right? God, but maybe he's not mad, maybe she wouldn't be mad at him in the right way or something. Right, or <laughs> too mad. Yep. Um, so, in the next scene, Joe has built Bill a stun gun. He calls it the Stalker Shocker. Um, I do like Bill's skepticism about it. I just think he's got some like funny looks at Joe and at the at the contraption well, like he's a made. Garage door opener. Yeah, yeah. Garage door opener, a doorbell button, and a big ass battery. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yes, the stalker shocker is supposed to provide instant temporary paralysis. Bill takes it, doesn't really know what to do with it. Kind of shows it to <laughs> Catherine and Lisa. Either of you ladies ever seen a stun gun before? That's very impressive, Bill. No, I'm actually asking. Do they usually look like this? Bill, I don't think that's something you want to be fiddling with. I'm not fiddling with it. (laughs) I thought it was funny how everybody tells him not to fiddle with it. I was like, that's such a grandma thing to say, or a grandpa thing. Like, don't fiddle with it. Yep, like your grandpa. Yes. Don't monkey with it. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Lisa and Beth and Dave are in his office. It turns out Dave is going on a date with Miss Australia 1993. I do like Beth kind of going, not that that was funny. It's like, poor you, you have to go out with Miss Australia 93. So yeah, he's going to go through it. He's not going to cancel. And Beth says, Houston, we have a problem. I clocked that. 90s. Yeah. Because we just talked about Apollo 13. Yeah, exactly. So like right now, that would be a punchline because it's in the public's knowledge. I feel like that was even that was the tagline in the uh, previews of that movie. Oh, I just mean like right now it's like a cliche. It, it's like oh, it, it's yeah. like an unfunny cliche to I meant, say. I meant right now, meaning like in the 90s right now. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So in the 90s. Yeah. Like it's that's a punchline. Exactly. Definitely a punchline. Um, very, very current. But right now in 2021, oh, like. That's no. barely, like, that's not funny no. because it's, like, passed into cliche. It would be like if one of the characters was like, run, Forrest, run. Right. Like, oh, God. It seems like Dave and Lisa are actually kind of playing chicken a bit in this situation. Right. Like, I think that Lisa and Dave both kind of want to tell everybody else, but don't want to be the one to say they want to tell everybody else. So they're kind of going back and forth, like, well, hmm. I don't think we can tell them. Well, it'd be easier if we just told them. Well, you know, because, like, Hmm. Lisa says she doesn't want to tell everybody, but then she's the one who breaks it to Mr. James in the next scene. I feel like she does that, though, to get, like, permission to tell everyone else. Hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like, if she really wanted to tell everyone, I feel like she just would announce it. But because she's saying it to him, it's almost like, how is he going to react? If he's okay with it, then we can tell everyone. Yeah. But... Or another way of thinking about it would be that she likes having the control and the power and refusing to tell everybody is a way of holding on to that power. And then suddenly deciding unilaterally to tell Mr. James is another way of, like, taking control and power of the situation. Sure, yeah. Hmm. Seems like a very Keelian line of analysis. (laughs) Power and control. That's Mm -hmm. my two favorite words. (laughs) Bill is still fiddling with the stun gun at his desk. Catherine tells him to be careful. He's just trying to figure out if it even works, and so he tries chalking the plant and the coffee cup (laughs) and things like that. Eventually, he licks his finger and tries to touch the... the, Tries to touch the, I guess, what would you call those? End point? There's a word for them. I have no idea. The prongs. There you go. Yeah, the prongs. But we cut away, and we just hear the yelp. While we're in Dave and Lisa's. That was my second lol. It sounded like somebody screaming. That goofy ball is completely disruptive. Yeah. The Yelp made me laugh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that is a canned sound effect. I think that is just like a standard sound effect they use. I don't think that's actually Phil Hartman making that scream. Hmm. I feel like I had a video game in the 90s that used that sound effect. Like, you would hit something and you would hear, like, the scream of, like, <laughs> Maybe I'm being... Is that is that weird? I think it's more likely that Phil Hartman did just yell. Do you think so? Because why would they, like, use a sound effect when they have a human that can yell? I mean, for the same reason that, like, in movies they still use the Wilhelm scream. You know, the, like, classic canned, like... Sure sound effect of somebody screaming it's just like we have that hmm i don't know and then we don't have to pay the actor to do the yelling i don't know because <laughs> that costs extra i don't know maybe the actor doesn't want to yell they don't want to blow out their vocal cords or something <laughs> all right i have a lot of theories apparently so dave and lisa think it's just the goofy ball i fear that dave tries to make a rosenberg's reference but it makes no sense so like that just must be the rule of three like Lisa has made two references to the Rosenbergs, and then Dave tries and fails. Anyway, Lisa, like I said, unilaterally decides to tell Mr. James Dave and I are having an affair. Well, well you know, I think that's just great. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, am, I, am I the last one to know about this? Uh, no, no, we, we haven't told anyone else yet, but uh, we will. Okay, all right, but before you do that, tell me, which, which, which one of you am I going to have to fire? <laughs> Pardon? Fire. Dismiss. You're sleeping with the boss now, Lisa. What do you think the staff's going to feel about that? I like how Mr. James handles this. I actually do, too. Yeah? Go ahead. Yeah, I just felt like he showed a little bit of teeth, and I liked that. He showed teeth, but he also, I thought, showed a lot of restraint. Yeah, he was was really fair. He's like, he was very like, I'm not upset, but who am I going to fire? Yeah. And then was very like, oh... Okay, well, I'll just pretend like I didn't hear this. I just loved the little bit about stepping the old Wayback Machine. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I actually thought that was really interesting. It also shows the... It's like the first time I feel like Mr. James has shown that he gives a shit about anything at this radio station. <laughs> yeah. It's one of his first moments of, like, actual good boss behavior. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to scold you, but I'm also going to, like, deliver a consequence. Yeah. 
And if you don't want the consequence, then here is what you need to do without... And he didn't have to expel it out for them to make it very clear, like, yeah. what he needs them to do or not do. Yeah. I have that they look like guilty kids in the principal's office, the way they're sitting yeah. on the couch and looking yeah, up at him. That's they just true. <laughs> they just look like they're in trouble. I like the line where he, he says to Lisa, You know what people think about Yoko Ono. And then he says to Dave, What about you, Dave? You know what people think about Paul McCartney. You mean John Lennon. You know, all people liked him. <laughs> Do people not like Paul McCartney? I think... I think people thought John Lennon was a dick. Yeah, I mean, this is like a basic split in Beatles fandom. Which oh. one you like or don't like. I think Paul McCartney has long since worn out his welcome. Sure. <laughs> in a way that, like, sure. John Lennon never really got the chance to do. Sure. Um, that's my impression of what... I don't quite understand this joke either. Yeah. But maybe the writer's just showing their hand and saying, like, yeah, we're... We're John fans. We're not Paul fans. Hmm. I'm just trying to make sense of the joke. Sure. <laughs> Mr. James has a line. You know, back in the service, we used to have a saying, you can't expect the troops to salute you if you're sleeping with the sergeant. <laughs> what, what branch of the service were you in, sir? <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, Mr. James handled that situation really, really well with a lot of, like, calm and composure. I don't know if you caught this, but as they're walking out of the office and Mr. James is staying behind, he says, Good Day, Sunshine, which is uh, the name of a Beatles song, oh. one by Paul McCartney. Oh, no. I mean, it's not a joke, but it is a reference. So, hmm. yeah, it's just, I did not catch that the first time I watched it or the second time. Anyway, so Bill is sitting there at his desk. He is paralyzed, but Dave and Lisa don't realize it. But also, like... If he's paralyzed, shouldn't he, like, have fallen off of his chair? He looks like the Tin Man. <laughs> Oil can! <laughs> what? Yes, like... Oil can! What even was that? He's like... And then his eyes, like, move around. He reminded... I wanted him to be like... Like, move his jaw back and forth. And he kind of does that a little bit later on when he's trying to talk. He's gonna talk like this. Well, and then... Okay, so we'll, we'll get there. Okay. So yeah, he's just sitting there. I guess the paralysis made him like literally like lock up in the chair, which... I guess. I don't think that happened. I don't think it works like that either. I don't no. think I realized that until you said that just now. But yeah, yeah. you'd expect him to be like out fall on the floor. <laughs> yes. Like if you get electrocuted, you would like fall. Or like when people get like tased, I assume they fall down. Yeah. So there's a... Tiny scene at the end with Dave and Lisa at the elevators, and Mr. James says, so who are you going to send up to New Hampshire for the primaries? Um, Dave is going to send Lisa up, and he starts to sort of justify it. Well, like, she's the best person for the job, but Mr. James is like, it's fine, it's fine, whatever you're... Sure. Um, as they get in, who's in the elevator? The models. They've been there this whole time. <laughs> They're <What>? getting hungry. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Sheila looks at Dave and is like, hey, Dave, are you ready to go on our date? And then Dave kind of like grabs Lisa and almost like uses her as a human shield. And it was like, actually, um, I got something to tell you. I just really like Mr. James's expression because he's like, he looks around and he just gets this weird grin on his face. And he goes, oh, what the hell? Are you girls models? Yeah. He just seems like delighted. Anyway, Bill is still frozen there and the stalker comes in. You know who the stalker is? No. Dennis Miller no. is the comedian from the 90s. No. Okay. I, I thought that was going to ring some bells. Okay. No. Yeah, he's a fairly famous 
90s comedian. Huh. For a second, I did think, I was like, is this about to get sinister? <laughs> like, I was like, ooh, this is like a horror movie yeah. for a second. Wouldn't it be funny if, like, that was the end of Bill's character? Like, this guy kills him and, like... Yeah. <laughs> I told you, they take big chances. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. I know. Yep. So, anyway, he comes in to talk to Bill. They do a little bit of a cut, and he's been there three hours telling you about his eye patch, how he wears it over one eye and then the other to, like... Improve his vision. Improve his vision, which is stupid. I mean, that might work. That's what they do with kids who have vision issues. But they're really only trying to strengthen one eye, right? So that they don't oh, switch yeah. it. So no, they don't like, switch it, no. It's because like if they whole... switched it, then the bad eye would deteriorate, and you would just be back to square one. I suppose one. so, yeah. yeah. I guess so. So anyway, they've been, quote-unquote, talking for over three hours. How um, has he been paralyzed for three hours, though? Great question. It's only supposed to be 30 minutes, Joe. So my guess, Joe put in too big a battery. Or he just kept paralyzing himself. <laughs> he's got the shocker <laughs> yes. under the desk, and he keeps zapping himself. Because he's like, well, if I'm frozen, then he's not going to, like, attack me. me. I don't know. No, okay, I don't know. The stalker's telling Bill all about his various conspiracy theories, including Hillary's mutual fund. That must be a reference to, like, white water or something. Mm. Um, this was very... Well, anyway, we'll get into that. And, um, so really what the stalker wanted was just a photo, such an autograph that, to hang up in the coffee shop. That's where he works. And, which is what they said in yeah. like, the opening, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. And the very last bit, Beth and Matthew run in. So, okay, if everybody's leaving at, like, let's say Dave and Lisa are leaving at 6 o'clock. Let's just say. Well, the guy said it was 1130 when he looked at his watch and it had been there three hours. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that it was 1130. Yeah. Okay. He said, oh, it's 1130 and so, had been there for three hours. So Matthew and Beth are still running around playing goofy ball at 1130. <laughs> yes. That was, that is just utterly unbelievable. It is unbelievable. That strains credulity. Well, I'm like, that ball is not that fun. <laughs> yeah. So they run in, they try to get Bill into a game of goofy ball and they hit him while he's stunned the end i did not like this episode yeah this was a big step down from the first episode of season two yeah yeah the first time i watched it the only two things i wrote down were the two times i laughed yeah i had nothing else and as i was thinking about it more i was like this episode does not have an a quality main plot line yeah. Like, all three plot lines feel like B or C level. Yeah. So, like, there's nothing to carry this episode, I don't feel like. No, I think you're right. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's a really good point. It feels like um, a tripod or, like, a teepee where, like, all three of the poles are just kind of supporting each other. Right. <laughs> and, like, none of them can stand on their own. Yeah, and none of them are that good. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that was the first thing you said after we watched it the first time together. You are like... That sucked. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't like this one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It was not a great episode. All right, should we do Yo, It's the 90s? Yo, it's the 90s. It is the 90s. All right, what did you have for... I only had one. I just had uh, Houston, We Have a Problem. Oh, was that it? That was it. Okay. Um, the ones that I caught were... I guess also, I guess I just had another one. Uh, the models are catalog models. <laughs> it's true. They're, They're shooting a, ca- a catalog. Yeah. Uh, the only ones I, I had were the stalkers. Conspiracy theories are very mid-90s. Like sure. Vince Foster's briefcase, um, Hillary's mutual fund. Very like that was a strain of conspiracy thinking at the time was like all the like underhanded things the Clintons had done mm. before coming to 
Washington. Sure. Yeah, that's all I had for Joe. It's the 90s. I feel like I'm forgetting some. Probably. All right. Well, shout me out on Twitter or Instagram if I'm missing something really obvious. Yeah, so not that much to say, not that much in terms of analysis. The only thing I guess that's slightly interesting about this is we do see Dave and Lisa's relationship come out to a new person. So all along, the only person who, who has known about it is Beth. Now Mr. James knows about it, but then he immediately is like, No, yep, I don't. No, I don't. I don't want to know about this. Right. Like, so I was like, I don't think he'll bring it up again. It also has put to bed, I guess, the notion of like, are they going to come out to the office and talk about it? Yeah. Or the station. Yeah. You know? So Because they've been effectively told they can't or one of them has to leave. Right. So. And I think both of them are probably too proud and stubborn to like even think about giving up their jobs. Well, I would also think, like, they're not invested enough in the relationship for it to be worth it for either of them. Well, that answers your question from earlier, right? That right. They like, probably don't, aren't in a super deep relationship. Right. Like, as you were saying that earlier, I kept thinking, like, gosh, did they ever say I love you? Well, I don't know. The fact that I can't remember whether one character says that to another in the sure. course of the series sure. makes me wonder. Hmm. Yeah, so not much to say. Kind of a, Kind of a boring little trivial episode. Yeah. Meh. The goofy ball was not goofy. It did not make me giggle. (laughs) Is it time? It's time. Yay! Okay, so Kayleen is doing the game. The category for the game is 90s models. Models? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Since we spent some time with some fashion models this episode, I thought we would... See what you know about models of the 90s. Uh, okay. This will be good. All right. Question one. In 1996, this woman was the first black model featured on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Mm, I'm going to do so badly in this game. We'll see. Tyra Banks. Very good. <laughs> he said. Uh, yeah. And then a few years ago, she actually reshot that cover. Really? Yes. And she was wearing a different swimsuit. And I actually think it wasn't the most flattering swimsuit, but, um, she's just a beautiful woman. Mm. And also like, I really respect her for milking every dime out of a modeling career that she possibly can, Mm. because she was like a model she was a television host. She's hosting Dancing with the Stars right now. She hosted America's Got Talent. Like, she wrote a book. She even did music for a little bit. Like, for somebody who's in a career that basically has a shelf life of five years, she was a businesswoman. And I just think that's really cool. She's an interesting case for me because she is someone who is so famous just throughout the last 15, 20, 25 yeah, yeah. years, who I know almost nothing about. She's kind of, I feel like she's kind of the Oprah thing where she's like, I'm going to be super powerful and super rich and I'm going to own everything that's mine and I'm not hmm. going to share it. But maybe that's not true. Anyway, I just like Tyra Banks. Great. I really liked America's Next Top Model. Hmm. Question two. Carmen Electra married this basketball player in 1998. And then annulled the marriage after nine days. That would be Dennis Rodman. Very good. Do you remember they were like kind of like the crazy couple? Yeah. Of the 90s? Yes. Interestingly enough, they annulled the marriage, but then they didn't actually get divorced for a few months after that. Hmm. But He had an interesting 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I remember watching him play basketball and being like, he's bad. <laughs> oh, really? Not bad at basketball, but like he's... Oh, a, he's, a, he's a bad boy. Yeah, like he breaks rules. He dyes his hair. Yes, he has tattoos and a pierced nose. <sighs> I know. Yep. Question three. Where is Cindy Crawford's trademark mole located on her face? That would be kind of the corner of her mouth, upper lip. Very good. Above her upper lip. Do you know which side? Um, that would be her left side. Yes. Okay, so I'm glad you asked about Cindy Crawford because that was like <laughs> 90s model. Like, that's about the only one I could that's name. That's the only one. All right, well, let's try a few others. I mean, you're, you're three for three. Don't jinx it. Okay. Question four. This 1993 Playmate of the Year is now sometimes described as, quote, the face of the anti-vax movement and, quote, the nation's most prominent purveyor of anti-vaxxer ideology. Jenny McCarthy. Yo. Did you know she was Playmate of the Year? Yeah, that rings a bell. Mm-hmm. I was also going to talk about how she, do you remember the TV show she hosted on MTV? Um, it was a dating show? Yeah, don't tell me. She... Was the host for a while. Chris Hardwick was also the host for a while. Singled out. God, you're so good at trivia. It's, I just it's have disgusting. A, I just have a good memory. You too. Um, yeah. Question number five. Kate Moss was known for this model style, popularized in the early '90s in early '90s fashion, and characterized by pale skin, dark circles under the eyes, emaciated features, androgyny, and stringy hair. That'd be heroin cheek. Yes. Yes. That's like very Calvin Klein. Yes. Right? Calvin Klein is very much that. Yes. Like bony. And I, I was reading about how it was kind of a backlash against the wholesome full figuredness that was celebrated in like 80s models. Oh, interesting. Which is kind of, yeah. Huh. Like the full lips, full cheeks, like big breasts, like yeah. hips, you know. And then it was like in the 90s, it was this, um zombie <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> look. Yes, actually the thing I was thinking of, did you ever see the music video for Criminal by Fiona Apple? Probably. But... It's a bunch of like strung out looking people in their underwear hanging out in like a weird wood paneled basement. <laughs> I, I Maybe that's probably not like technically heroin chic, but it's very similar and it's very like unsettling in the same sort of way. Hmm. Interesting. Question number six. This well-known lingerie fashion show was first held in 1995 at the Plaza Hotel. Um, that'd be like the Victoria's Secret Angels show? Yeah. Is yeah, that the, right? Yeah, the first Victoria's Secret fashion show. Okay. Yeah. Is the Angels thing like a later development, probably? Uh, I don't think they had the Angels right away. Yeah. I think that was a later thing. Huh. Speaking of which, Tyra Banks was a well-known Victoria's Secret Angel. Hmm. Question number seven. This top British supermodel in the 90s, known for her fiery temper, assaulted her personal assistant and former housekeeper on separate occasions by throwing phones at them. Uh, British model? British? Yes. Throwing phones. <laughs> I feel like I should know this. Like, you've given me enough clues that I should know this. Uh, I don't know. Naomi Campbell. Okay. Yeah. She actually is banned from British Airways for life mm. because of how she treated people that, like, like apparently lost her luggage or something. Mm. 
she has a long history of treating people very poorly, Mm. which is unfortunate. Okay, question number eight. This one hits a little close to home for me. Okay. This fashion catalog, popular with teen girls in the 90s, featured models that were often scouted on the street. Ooh. Um, I have no idea. It's called Delia's. Okay, I know that name. Do you remember the Delia's catalog? I know it wasn't marketed to you. No. But it was such a thing. Like, I remember, I never got it sent to my house, but my friend did. Mm -hmm. And then when it came out, I'd go over to her house, and we would, like, look through the catalog Mm. together. And the models in it were just, like, they had really natural poses, and they were kind of funky and quirky, Mm. and... The text was, this was the beginning of the, the uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase yes. style of writing. And they would have just random quotes on the pages. And everything was very white pages in the background. Like, the models were kind of floating almost. Huh. And I was reading about this, that, like, the Delia's catalog was one of the first ways that fashion became really not in regions anymore. It wasn't like like you could live in Los Angeles or you could live in Iowa and you could have the same, like the brands that they sold were not high fashion, but they were like cool. (laughs) If that makes sense, you know, like it's like, it's not like, Oh, I live in Iowa. So I have to shop at Shopco and buy the clothes from Shopco. It's like, Oh, I could get clothes from Delia's and wear the same thing that a girl in California might be wearing, Hmm. which was kind of the beginning of, I mean, you think about, like, that's what clothes shopping is now. Yeah. Like, it's not regional at all anymore. So. Whew. Anyone listening to this that was a teen girl in the 90s would probably know about Delia's. Yeah, like I said, I, I remember hearing that name, but I you're telling me this is, like, 99% new information to me. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Question number nine. In an interview printed in the October 1990 issue of Vogue, Linda Evangelista famously said, we, meaning herself and Christy Turlington, don't wake up for less than how much money a day? This is a very famous quote about modeling. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I have heard this quoted, but I do not remember the dollar amount. $10,000? God, you suck. Yes. Is that it? Oh, wow. Wow, you're good. You're good. I just, yeah. Yeah, we don't wake up for less than $10,000 a day. That has that quote has been likened to the, um, like, Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake oh, sure. type of quote. Yeah. Like, just completely out of touch and uh-huh. gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is, like, probably one of the best-known quotes about modeling. Yeah. No. All right. Question number 10. This is a performance question. Okay. Meaning, you'll be needing to give me a performance. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Finish this chorus from I'm Too Sexy, released in 1991. I'm a model, you know what I mean. And I do my little turn on the catwalk. Yeah, on the catwalk. Keep going. I strut my stuff on the catwalk. <laughs> You're close. Uh, the correct answer is, and I do my little turn on the catwalk. The second chorus is, 
I shake my little tush on the catwalk. Oh. <laughs> I'll give you a half point for oh, that. Oh, that's very generous of you. So your grand total is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. That's pretty good for a 90s model. Wow, yeah. I know. Whew. Well, thank you for that game. That was a lot of fun. I didn't know idea you knew so much about models from the 90s. I just, I'm good at trivia. Got a good memory. You like models. I mean, my interest in models throughout the 90s was on a steady incline, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> Between 5 and 15, yep. I became much more interested in models. <laughs> so as we get closer to the end of the 90s, my interest is peaking. Now it is time to rate this episode. So we need to pick a unit. I've got three suggestions. Okay. Goofy balls? No. <laughs> Eye patches. That was going to be my suggestion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just to round it out, Rosenbergs. No. <laughs> There's a clear choice there. I have to bring these up just because I enjoy I enjoy your um, visceral reaction to the bad ones. Do you think I'm cute when I'm angry, Jordan? I mean, a little bit. <laughs> All right. So on a scale from one to five, eye patches, what do you give this episode? It's. I'm thinking, I'm comparing it honestly to the train episode, because that was the worst one from season one, yeah. and I feel like, I don't remember what I rated that episode, but I feel like this one's about on par with that. Yeah. So I'm going to say two. Yeah, this is better than The Crisis, hmm. but not much better. So I will give it, I'll give it two as well. Hmm. Yeah. I could really take or leave this one. This does not interest me. Well, they can't all be as good as last week's. Now it is time for recommendations. I totally forgot about that until right now, but I just thought of one. Oh, you're better than me because I totally do not have one. So you go first and I'll try to think of one. Okay. So recently, and I, recently meaning like in the last six months, I have tried to start using sulfate-free shampoo. Hmm. Uh, because it's a more expensive shampoo, so then I assume it must be better for my hair. And people market it now as, like, sulfate-free and paraben-free and all that stuff. So I'm like, I'll try it. And when I first tried it, I did not like it. I felt like it made my hair, like, more greasy and just, like, felt yucky. Hmm. But I'm cheap, and I bought a big bottle of it, so I just kept using it. And eventually I just kind of got used to it. And I just started, I've used the a brand called Native. It's from Target. It's not a Target brand, but like they sell it at Target. Sure. And I like it. And I've been using it like since this past summer. And recently I ran out. And so I had another shampoo just like around in the bathroom that I was like, oh, I'll just use this one. And it had sulfate in it. It felt awful in my really? hair. It felt so plasticky. And huh. yeah, and I was really shocked. And I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. And so I guess my recommendation is sulfate free shampoo because I don't know that I noticed my hair looking a lot different, but I'm also still nursing our littlest. So yeah. I feel like anyone who's had a baby knows your hair gets a little crazy after you have a baby mm-hmm. and then you nurse because like your hair all falls out and then like your hormones are still weird. So it just affects your hair growth. 
Anyway, I was just really shocked at how much I disliked that shampoo that had sulfate in it. And huh. now I'm like, okay, I think I'm a convert to sulfate-free forever. Wow. Good story, huh? Yeah. <laughs> sulfate-free shampoo. Also, I want to double down on my recommendation of pajamas <laughs> from a few episodes back. Yep. Uh, Jordan can attest, I love my pajamas. I wear them all the time, and I think I need to buy some new pairs. I told her, like, this is what I do when I find a article of clothing I like. I buy five of them in different colors. <laughs> Jordan says I look like I'm wearing, I'm in a cult when I wear my pajamas, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yes, you look like you're in a cult, <laughs> but I'm glad you're comfortable. <laughs> I'm very comfortable. All right. Speaking of clothing, oh, I am going to recommend two different clothing companies. Oh, okay. One of which I guess maybe could use my recommendation. One of which does not need my recommendation. <laughs> but I bought some underwear from Mack Weldon, mm. which is a company that yes. advertises on podcasts a lot. I've heard about this underwear from you quite a bit lately, so I'm glad you're recommending it because you like this underwear. Yes, I bought a pair of boxer briefs. Oh, well, I bought several pairs of boxer briefs. From them, and I have kind of made the switch from boxers to boxer briefs. This underwear is awesome, <laughs> and like I, I was not a person who thought much about underwear or cared much about what kind of underwear I was wearing. And then I spent a little bit of money because it's not cheap. These are not cheap, like Target, you know, like Hanes. ten pairs for fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Hanes or Fruit of the Loom. Um, but they are excellent. They're super comfortable. I heard somebody say once, like, if you spend all day doing something or wearing something or using something, like, it should be a high quality. Like, get a pair of really good shoes. Because if you're going to wear your shoes all day, they should be a good pair of shoes. Right. You're in bed for, ideally, you know, seven, eight, nine hours a night. Right. It should be a good bed. Right. I feel like the same thing applies to this underwear. Like, yeah. I'm glad I spent the yeah. money and, like, got a high quality. I actually just bought some more tonight. Because <laughs> I only... He can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. He needs one pair for every day of the year. Yeah. No, I'm glad you like them. And the kind of... And they of... look great on you. Thank you. <laughs> so that's the company that doesn't need my support. The other one is... Uh, a t-shirt company called True Classic Tees. They are basically just like a t-shirt company <laughs> yeah. and they fit great. This is something that has been advertised to me on Instagram and Facebook for a long time. Is I'm that wearing what you're one right now. Right now. Huh. Yep. They are a cotton tee, but they have just a little bit of um stretch. Stretch to them. And so mm. I'd feel like they just fit nicer yeah. and like are not saggy and like drapey, but yeah. they're also not like too tight because like you yeah. know I'm a pretty I'm not a fat guy I'm not, I'm not a big I'm not a big <laughs> fat guy. Let's talk about how you look, Jordan. Let's talk a little bit more about my physical appearance. I love doing that. You're not a big fat guy. I'm not a big fat guy, but you're not a little skinny guy. I'm not a little skinny guy, but I'm not also I'm also not a big buff guy. What are you? I don't know. I'm, I'm a, a middle guy. I'm an in betweeny. I'm an in betweener. <laughs> I like in between person. Okay, whatever. So yeah, these fit really well. And again, they're a little bit expensive for being like a t-shirt, but they just fit my dad bod real well. I love your dad bod. Great. Somebody has to. <laughs> that is it for this episode. 
Next time, we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 3, called Rat Funeral. Aww. I love rats. I know. Kayleen likes rats. I love rats. But you like fancy rats. You like pet rats. I do like pet rats. These are like New York... Sewer rats? City rats. But those are just like... The trash cousins of fancy rats. I don't know that that's true. You know when I was in New York, I saw a rat? Yeah? It was huge. Yeah. I saw one on the street for like a brief second and then it was gone. It was... I understand why people are afraid of rats in New York City. Yeah. I've only seen... Okay, so here I'll tell my two quick stories. So one, I think I saw a rat once when I lived in the bigger city I lived in. Mm -hmm. I think it was like scurrying behind a dumpster Mm. and it was big and it was kind of scary. Like big and brown and kind of like shapeless, but fast, you know? Yeah. It could have been a guinea pig. It was not a guinea pig. (laughs) That weren't no (laughs) guinea pig. (laughs) Could have been a groundhog? No. So the second one, I was running on a trail by the river Yeah. and I looked out kind of onto the river And I saw something paddling in the water, just its nose up in the air. Yeah. So it was either a rat or it was like a muskrat. It could have been a turtle. No, no, no. It was a, it was a mammal snout. (laughs) It was a snout in the air. There was a a mammal snout in the air. I think it was a muskrat. Ah, they swim, right? Yeah. Huh. But the thing is a muskrat. But all you saw then was a snout. You didn't even see the animal. So uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like a water rat. Hmm. Is that a thing? (laughs) I have no idea. We are well out of my wheelhouse of knowledge right now. I thought you were the rat expert. Fancy rats. Yeah. You know what fancy means? Like cultivated or like... High class. No. Bread. <laughs> it means bread. Yeah, they're well bred. I thought... They have pedigrees. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the, the name of the magazine, Dog Fancy or Cat Fancy, was so silly for years. And then I learned like the word fancy there means like... Bread. Bread. Yeah. Okay, we better go. It's time for bed. I think we've run out of steam. (laughs) All right. For WKJP News Radio, this is Jordan. And Kayleen. Signing off. The theme music for WKJP News Radio is the song You Say But You Don't Know by the band Troubles Afoot. You can check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, or wherever you find new music. Special thanks to Uncle Keith for our use of equipment and technical support. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at WKJPPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at WKJPPod at gmail.com. If you like our show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts to help us find other listeners like you. Thanks so much for listening. 